0: That happened when I was, uh, how old was I about, yeah, 16, 17. What had happened? Right, so I was uh, coming back from my tuitions and uh, I got run over by a car.
1: That was Ajit Kumar, someone who hated biology, but ended up working in the healthcare industry for the past 27 years. He's the business head of a medical devices and a healthcare supplies company called PBC Medicals. And this is his story. Welcome, I'm Amir Khan and this is a Z Medium podcast. A podcast that talks to people and about them too. We take out the most significant experiences of an individual and package it in the form of a story. Sharing those with you we narrate people's journeys in the simplest way we can there's a new person every episode so do check out the previous ones i'm sure you'll find someone to relate to let's start with this one shall we ajit completed his bachelor's in science without taking up biology but before we get into the why no biology debate we love the reason he chose bachelors in science in the first place i mean as a kid this is what inspired most in the 1980s to have at least one foot in
0: science. Okay, my father left behind a bunch of books, like the encyclopedias and a whole bunch of stuff. So we didn't have uh, much to do in terms of social media those days. So the books were the only things that we had to resort to. So books, comics, uh, Doordarshan, whenever that was there. So Star Trek was something which really inspired us. So we'd wait for Sunday mornings to catch an episode. So, yeah, so science was something which, uh, you know, that's the one realm where we could escape the mundane life that we had, right? So,
1: He's being modest here. He lived far from a mundane life. His mom was an accountant for the defense estates for northeast India and it involved a lot of travel. He's lived in more than 12 states of India and experienced a lot of things the country had to offer. But there were struggles early on in his life. He lost his father at a very young age. He was about 11 years old at the time. And there weren't many friends for support either. Normally in such situations, everyone in the family has taken a hit. And the only sensible refuge someone seeks is outside the family. But travelling to different states didn't make it easy to make friends.
0: We, and we, it was not a very easy life, right? I mean, it's traumatic as well to have lost someone. And uh, so you take some time to get uh, used to uh, Yeah, making friends. Sometimes you don't make friends. It was not easy. It was definitely not easy at all. But then we lived through it. And uh, that's how we managed.
1: Difficult times make stronger people. Ajit was 20 when he started working. But not many know this about him. His first try at a job was actually in the real estate industry before he finally ended up in the healthcare business.
0: Took up the responsibility for a real estate company, it didn't really gel. Uh, that was a time in 1994, 1995, where uh, all these um, results were coming up in Uti, Kodai Canal and all the stuff, you know, the packages and stuff like that. The owner of Good Shepherd School was, uh, in Uti was a very good friend, family friend. So he had these results, and he wanted me to kind of see if anything can be done about it. I tried my best, and I failed miserably. Then, somebody else, not my brother, had uh, was working for a healthcare company, and uh, he said, "You know, why don't you give this a try?" I was not exactly the right candidate for uh, anything to do with healthcare. I hated biology when I was in school, so yeah, yeah, I took it up, and uh, I told myself, you know, what six months is what I'm going to spend in this. Yeah, so it's been what twenty seven years now. I'm stuck with the portfolio. I could not manage to find an escape, but that's how. I started with this company called as MediSphere Marketing. It was based out of Delhi, run by a fantastic gentleman named Rajan Bajaj. He, he was instrumental in establishing IV as uh, the device of choice for infusion therapy systems. So by the time I left the company before, yeah, so we, I was exposed to even to interventional cardiology, where they had taken up uh, stents, balloons and pacemakers and a whole host of stuff.
1: That got technical very quickly. <laughs> but that was his first job in a field which he neither studied nor liked. And it is amazing to see that he ended up doing what he never thought about. It wasn't like he was actively looking uh, to avoid it. But he took a chance. And he learned a lot in that job. And he loved learning. He read a lot of books. He watched Star Trek as a kid. Somewhere the fun of learning for him always remained. And for anyone in this field, they know that learning is a never-ending process. Ajit was there learning about the basics of the healthcare industry before he hopped on to another opportunity that came his way at a company called Interventional Technologies. I
0: was working for a company called Interventional Technologies based out of Bombay. The company was populated by stalwarts from the industry, from electronics, from Boston Scientific. Mm -hmm. Instrumental in the launch of a a unique uh, coronary stent called a CoStar. This was a stent which uh, was supposed to change uh, the way uh, stenting was being done worldwide.
1: Anyone at this point confusing pharma and healthcare, they're two very different industries. Healthcare basically refers to the activities that take place inside a hospital. Surgeries, an instrument used for those surgeries, checkups and the medical devices used to do those checkups, treatment, etc. Anything that does not require any chemical composition, that's the healthcare industry. The pharma industry comes into the picture when the doctor gives out a prescription and you go on to buy a certain medicine. That medicine, from the composition to the packaging to the distribution, basically everything that happens outside a hospital is part of the pharmaceutical industry. Again, these are very, very brief descriptions. So I would suggest doing your own research. And on that note, we'll continue with the story. This is an interesting point in his journey because it takes courage and honesty to be accepting of your mistakes. He was a star at interventional technologies. At his peak, whatever he touched was turning to gold. But that's when you have to be the most careful because you never know what's going to happen next. And Ajit made the mistake of overestimating his abilities or underestimating the market needs. By
0: dealing with intervention technologies where I was given the responsibility for selling a large amount of products and, uh, you know, as any other salesman, we try to kind of overcompensate and we try to exceed the market's reality and we pitch ahead without taking into consideration what the market realities are. So that ends up with you having huge amounts of stock and they're not doing, you know, not having sold. So that causes losses to the company. So yes, I have had that one particular experience where the losses were um, quite big. And uh, I didn't, I didn't get sum- the reason.
1: I didn't get the reason why were the stocks so not selling out.
0: Yeah. So when you don't make a correct projection about what the market is all about, and uh, you, you know, you will have to understand the market. See, selling, marketing, you will have to understand the ground realities of what you're trying to do. If you are going to go ahead and move uh, without having taken into consideration an objective view, you know, one thing, there's one thing that you really want to do something. So that's a very subjective view. You're influenced by your will and your desire. But the objective view, the ground reality is something which we should never lose uh, sight of. And uh, I lost sight of that situation. And to compensate for for the lack of vision, or the lack of uh, grasp of reality, we tend to overcompensate that by trying to go overboard with our selling practices. Uh, I wouldn't want to go selling practices involve getting a customer's confidence, uh, trying to influence them. So those are areas where you tend to kind of overcompensate. I and I accepted the entire uh, debacle, because at the, until that point in time, I was the one of the, dar- the darling of the industry. The people were looking up to me. Every meeting, I was the you know given. The best performer award and this and that and all that stuff, but that's one single mistake where I underestimated, you know, I overestimated my ability to perform, and did not take into account uh, the reality of the market. And then, when the harsh reality dawned on me, I tried to overcompensate that by, you know, by trying to do everything that is not in the book to get the business up and running. And that is where I failed.
1: Things ended on a sour note with interventional technologies, something he wished he could change when he looks back at the situation. But not everything is in our control, really. So Ajit controlled what he could, and that was his next step. He wanted to do something different. He had been working for someone else for far too long now, and he needed a change in the managerial environment he had. He had made all the necessary connections in the industry and decided to partner up with a doctor to start his own venture.
0: Uh, Yeah, so then I left and uh, I tried my hand with the doctor. We started our own organization where we call it Needs Hospital Solutions. I tried my hand at being an entrepreneur, that was very nice. We What we used to do was, so I had made friends with all these doctors at that time, and we came up with this uh, uh, idea that there was so much of underutilized resources lying with the hospitals. So we approached these clinics, and we told them, look, you know what, you give us some um, space, and we'll set up an ICU, and we'll get the doctors, and we'll get the medical equipment, and the patients belong will, will continue to be your patients. Uh, the idea was to stabilize and transfer ...to a larger tertiary centre if possible. The idea was all acute medication patients, the ones suffering from heart attacks and stuff like that... ...would be transferred to major corporate hospitals or, you know, we had an understanding with these hospitals. So, the patients would be transferred to these hospitals and then they would conduct a procedure... Mm -hmm. ...and uh, then we transferred the patient back to the ICU.
1: A pretty good business model and it was going well. They had roped in some schools where they could put beds in certain classrooms where the patients could be treated... During summer vacations only, or else you, you risk traumatizing children at that age. They grew and grew way too quickly for their liking. The business, not the children. The number of patients started increasing. The space for them started decreasing. The schedule of doctors was haywire. There was no administration to keep a track of everything. And thus, that resulted in a lot of problems for the startup. So
0: every time the doctor would not be in the ICU, we had critical patients coming in. We had promised support. We were failing in that aspect. Similar in the schools, the school that one school which had set up, they were paying exorbitantly high rates for us. We were failing them. So we came to a point where we had no other option but to say, you know what, this is not working out.
1: Doesn't mean they stopped the business entirely. Uh, It still runs in India, but they gave it away to people who are more equipped in handling it kind of people with more resources at their disposal. Now, every time there is an important junction in Ajit's life, he's looked for something different. And this time, it was a more informed decision because of the kind of market that was shaping up in the healthcare industry in India at that time.
0: There was a lot of issues with the cardiology industry, which I would not want to go deep into. But it was not a healthy trend that was happening in the market at that time. And I was informed that, you know, in the Middle East, you have a better option in terms of exploring uh, opportunities for interventional cardiology, cardiovascular surgery, and so on.
1: And so he left for Dubai to start looking for more opportunities. He landed in UAE only to realize that the information he had received was misguided. He didn't find a lucrative market there. It was still growing and landing in dubai in the early 2000s it was not the same dubai we see today it was close to nothing there had been no development yet and no one at the time knew how dubai was going to turn out but let's hear it from ajit
0: i mean a couple of months after i arrived here i got once i got my driving license and stuff like that i immediately drove off to oman and uh... You know, there's not, there were not many opportunities in Dubai at that point in time in terms of trading because it was a new market for me. It was I had to learn the entire market on my own. I made plans. like someone once said, you know, man proposes and God disposes. So I made big grand plans, but uh, I've always had my plans uh, upended. And I don't regret it. I mean, you know, today, if someone were to ask me if I were to go back in time and change anything, yeah, maybe, except for the fact that I would i love to uh, not lose my father at that age. But uh, besides that, I would not change anything else that happened in my life. Because whatever I am today, whatever I know today, and I value the knowledge that I carry in my brain today, it would not have happened not for the challenges that I had to face and for the uh, good people that I've been associated with. So I wouldn't want to miss them.
1: And the challenges he faced were many, especially the travel and the business between Dubai and Oman. He was always in similar industries and the beauty about being in Dubai at that time was the melting pot it was becoming. Meeting people of different cultures, age, nationalities gave him a lot of exposure. And he took a lot of different things from the different kind of people he worked for over that period of time. I've not had a
0: mentor in the sense, in the classical sense, but uh, I've picked up stuff from the books that I read. I've uh, picked up stuff from the, uh, the people that I've worked with. Uh, right now I work with, uh, you know, with Mr. Vidhan of PBC Medicals and MediQ, he's a fantastic person. In him, I see a drive, an aggression, which I've not seen in many other people. But I also see clarity of thought and an integrity, which, uh, you know, without compromising his integrity. That's something which is inspiring. Similarly, while I was working with Mr. Asif, of course, I'm still associated with Mr. Asif in a big way. So he he was someone who, you know, is an encapsulation of a, a larger-than-life large personality with uh, an equally uh, substantial amount of knowledge and application of his knowledge. It's not. It's not really. I mean, it doesn't matter how much you know. a bit how do you apply what you know? And he applies everything that he knows into his business, and he lives for his business. So that was inspirational. Likewise, uh, Mr. Kasim was inspirational. At that age when I was working, I think he was around 80 at that time. I don't know, 75, 80 at that time, but. He was a workaholic and he was instrumental in making interventional cardiology or whatever it is today in the country.
1: He's now working at PBC Medicals and is doing some great work there. He's associated with amazing people and has found the rhythm he was looking for, for a major part of his life. He wants to continue doing the same in the future and we wish him all the best for it. But as we came to the end of the conversation, he started talking about health. Being in this industry for far too long, that's what he feared. Staying healthy for as long as he lived. And that stemmed from what he went through at the age of 16 or 17. At what age did the accident happen? Oh, my uh, back accident, yeah. That,
0: yeah. yeah, So let not talk about that entirely. Yeah. That happened when I was, uh, how old was I about, yeah, 16, 17? What had happened? Right, so I was uh, coming back from my Tuition's and uh, I got run over by a car. The guy was, I think, he had some night blindness. I don't know. What. So he had these uh, quaint little cars that time, and then he came and ran over me. And uh, fortunately, you know what? This was the uh, the dolphin car. I did not really even know this. This was a these were those cars which had three wheels. So one wheel in the front and two wheels. Is that uh, it? It was a yellow color car. I still remember it. One of the few ones we did. in Shillong. I don't think well, they had many cars of that kind. there of those days. So fortunately for me, the car was not very heavy. So while it ran over me, it was I managed to survive the, uh, the impact. And it, yeah, it caused some uh, issues to my back. Uh, landed in me requiring surgery because I mean, I didn't care about it, right? So I started uh, like any other growing up guy, I started working out, exercise and stuff like that. And uh, I ended up with slip discs and ended up uh, requiring surgery sometime in 2003.
1: It wasn't his fault, but he had to endure the pain for a long time before he eventually got to having surgery. Uh, The after effects of the accident only started showing when he was about 28, 29, 30. And that's because he ignored it for a very long time. Early care for his injury would have led to much better results later on, which is now. He didn't pay much attention to it. He started gymming and forgot entirely about it. But his body did not. Which may go to show biology may not have liked him either. Hey, if you like that episode, share it with others. You never know how you sharing it could impact someone in the most difficult of times. And you never know, you might just share something life-changing for someone else. And yes, obviously the common drill. Follow us for the latest updates on LinkedIn and Instagram. We're here to stay, we promise. And we're bringing a whole lot more for you. Next up, Naeem Manyar, an Irish resident who built a multi-million dollar business from the ground up without ever having attended high school.
0: And then what happened was, again, around that same time, Mrs. Gandhi got assassinated. So India was in the news nonstop, and there was a computer science course starting in two months' time in one of the VEC colleges in Dublin in January. So my uncle just said, look, you're already over here. You know, why don't you do this course for six months? See if you like it. And you know what? I said, I'm 15, what the hell? I'll miss one year of college in India. Let's just see what life is like over in Ireland because I was beginning to enjoy the interactions and, you know, it also gave me an opportunity to be out of India.
1: Find out more about him in the next one. Stay tuned and goodbye for now.